Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. to the direct-to-video connoisseur. I am Matt, and again, uh, this week I am not joined by Jamie. She was called into work, and uh, hopefully she's doing all right over there at work, because I know with the humidity, uh, it can't be good. It can't be good. I, I'm not a fan myself. Uh, it's been rough here. We've been, uh, my wife and I have been trying to camp out in the AC, uh, so hopefully she's okay, but um, uh, at, when she contacted me last night and mentioned it, I thought, well, you know, what can I do for, you know, an episode? Because uh, she wanted to do maybe Thursday, but I couldn't do Thursday because I had to work. And I didn't want to leave the, the week hanging. So uh, the previous uh, part of this of this episode, I did Tekken 2 um, because, you know, sequels are always good. If I've seen the first one and Jamie hasn't, um, you know, we try to make this as little uh, work as possible for us during the week. Um, and so to try to tell Jamie, well, you're, you know, we're going to do a sequel, which you haven't seen the first part of. You know, even if you don't need the first part, it's always a kind of a pain. Um, so I thought it's easier to do that sequel on a night when Jamie can't make it and, and I've got to fill in, um, you know. So that's why I did Tekken 2 for the previous one. But also, um, you know, when, when it looked like I was going to go solo tonight, I, I asked my beautiful wife, Jen, I said, would you like to watch something maybe that we could discuss or, you know, like discuss here? And she mentioned uh, Fatal Vision, a... TV movie from the mid-80s where the Gary Cole stars as Jeffrey McDonald, the man who wiped out his family in 1970. Um, uh, uh, Army captain, field surgeon, Green Beret, who uh, was accused of killing his family, right? He blamed them, on, blamed the murders on uh, a cult, a Manson-like cult, uh, when it turned out, in fact, that he had done the murders himself. He's actually still in the, in the clink for those. Um, he was finally convicted in 79, uh, the, the year I was born. Um, but so, so Jen mentioned that one, um, and I thought, hey, that's a great idea. And I, 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 I was, you know, it, it also worked itself out that, you know, because I, I sometimes have, you know, I can't really fill a full hour talking one movie. Why not do a couple? Um, so Jen is actually in the room listening. You might be able to hear. Uh, she's got the uh, 80s music choice. I know I, I finished the last part with uh, the Hooters playing in the background, which is one of my favorites. Um, but um, but so, so Fatal Vision, you know, for me, um, I, when I think of the 80s, TV movie, you know, and, and even in the 70s, I, of course, I'm too young to remember the 70s TV movie, but a lot of those 70s TV movies would play again in the 80s, um, you know, think about films like Terror Among Us um, with Don Meredith and, um, 
you know, the, the films like that that you would see um, that were aired originally in the 70s, but they would play like, you know, Saturday afternoons or Sunday afternoons in the 80s and 90s. Um, you know, I always remember those, but I also remember in the 80s, it was kind of event viewing for these uh, TV movies that would happen, you know, they'd air Sunday, Monday, Tuesday nights, um, or uh, you know, I think what was it? one of the channels had the Friday Night Mystery movie, as I recall. Um, but you know, it was always event viewing, and so when Jen mentioned this one, I, I was excited to do it. Um, you know, it's got Carl Malden um, as the father-in-law, but also Gary Cole, a young Gary Cole, as as the killer, as as Jeffrey McDonald. Um, so really exciting, and of course, it has other stars in it too. It had Andy Griffith as a as a kind of a bulldog uh, attorney, U.S. attorney, which I I have always been a fan of Andy Griffith when he's angry and ready to kick ass. Um, I can remember a few Matlocks where he he really you know got a little bird his saddle, and he really I mean I think there was one where um I don't remember the woman's name. I think it's Cherie Johnson, the one who played uh, Walker's girlfriend on Walker Texas Ranger. She was like the DA and Walker's girlfriend. Um, I think she got like she was kidnapped or something like that, and and Andy Griffith was pissed, you know, or, or Matlock was pissed. He was ready to out for blood, and uh, in this film, he's definitely got an edge to him, which I like that. I like Andy Griffith with an edge, um, but uh, you know, Carl Malden, he's reunited with Eva Marie Saint, who you may remember the two of them were in On the Waterfront together, so they play the Mary, they they play the in-laws in this. Um, just a lot of really great names. Steve James, who uh, is a favorite of the DTV, uh, DTVC, he plays, he has a very short part in this, a, a small cameo. Um, speaking a few lines as a U.S. Marshal, he's telling the jurors, he's giving them instructions on, on how to act when they go into the, the murder scene. Um, so it was great to see the late Steve James in there, some, uh, someone we really love here at the DTVC. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so you, you've got a lot of people in this, um, and, and that was one thing that I always liked about those those '80s TV movies is that they always had big names. Um, I would say, uh, Jen and I, it's probably like uh, six or seven months ago. Um, Lifetime showed a film on on Brittany Murphy's life, um, which I think the only name actress in it was uh, Sherilyn Fenn, who played her mother. Um, but you know, the production value was low. It was. You know, the acting was not very high quality. The script was bad. You know, all of it was just low quality. And, you know, there's the Saved by the Bell TV movie that came out at around the same, you know, same time that was also lackluster. And that seems to be what we, we look at TV movies now, right? We think of them as lackluster. We think of them as cheap. We think of them as, as mass-produced. We think of them as the island for, uh, you know, misfit soap actors or misfit whatever, you know, uh, TV show, uh, TV actors, right? If they, the gig is up and they can't get any roles in TV anymore, they do a TV movie. Um, and, and, you know, back then it wasn't like that, right? I mean, Carl Malden is somebody who, who won Oscars, uh, someone who, who could still get work at that time and, and, and was, you know, was still working. You know, Andy Griffith, you know, I don't know if he was doing, I don't think he was doing Matlock at that time, but, you know, still a, a name actor do, doing work. Um, but these are, these are some big names that you're seeing in these films. Um, also, the production values were higher back then. I mean, this film had plenty of cheese elements. You know, it had some silly moments to it. And, you know, Jen and I were able to crack jokes as we watched it, even though it is about a very serious subject matter. Um, but it's still a fun time. But the, the, the quality of movies, of, of TV movies back then, were higher. And we were trying to figure out what has caused the decline of that. And, you know, we were thinking of a few things, like one, cable. Um, we could always blame it on cable, except... You know, HBO seems to be doing really high-quality TV movies. They're, they're still producing those high-quality TV movies. Um, but, you know, you think about cable, uh, uh, you know, the Lifetime movie in general, um, they were really just just spitting them out there. And I mean, they were fun. You know, how do you not love Mother May I Sleep with Danger? Uh, that was a great one. Um, but, 
I think that was a big part of it. And I think somehow, like, doing TV movies became a bad thing, right? And um, I don't know, maybe we're, gonna, we're going to get back into that direction. Maybe we're going to start moving back into that direction where TV movies are good. Um, but, you know, another thing we talked about, too, is that, that older actors like Carl Malden, they, they had a, a sense of work, of, of acting, that it was like it was a job. It was what they did. It wasn't like an art form. And so they were going to go, they were going to work. They were going to do films. And so you could see them in TV movies and see them do a good job. I mean, Carl Malden is great here. Um, so, so, so you have that part of it that you just don't get anymore. Um, and so now it's like, you know, it, it, I mean, you could think of other things too. Um, you know, the early 90s, remember, had the, the, you know, all of those based on a true story movies that were, it was, it wasn't so much true crime like this film. It was like, oh, you know, uh, family gets stuck in a car in the in the in in the snow and you know how do they survive oh it was you know some it happened out in nevada so let's make a tv movie about it in 1992 i mean i think that was part of it too is that in the in the early 90s it was a combination of lifetime and 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 you know other channels too i think usa was another one that, that, that produced some some low quality tv films but then also that you know the ideas for the films they were kind of just pumping out whatever they could. I mean, this film here, this is a three-hour job. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. And, you know, at the time when it aired in 84, it would have been a two-night uh, event. It would have been two two-hour uh, episodes. Um, and so the first part of it really kind of, it really deals with the the early part, like the crime, um, the, the suspicion of, of, of Gary Cole's character, of, of Jeffrey McDonald, and, and you know, how that plays out. Um, Gary Cole looks like Ralphie from A Christmas Story. He's grown up. This is his first job. He's got these big glasses, um, but the face looks just like Ralphie. And you know, so you're you're you're, you're telling him the whole time not to get the BB gun because he's, he's going to put his eye out. Um, you're waiting to see if the other characters go around. Um, his father, unfortunately, Gavin McCloud, does not appear in the film. We just see his mother. So um, we're assuming that Gavin McCloud's been out of the picture for a while. Um, we also don't see any leg lamps or anything like that. So, so that's it. It's just the glasses. That's the only thing that reminds us that he was at one time Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Um, and it seems like he turned out okay, you know, after what, you know, the, the, how he grew up in, in The Christmas Story. You know, he's, he's become a, a surgeon, um, a field surgeon in the Army. He, uh, he was you know, top of his class in Princeton. He was a Green Beret. Um, so he's done all right. You know, I guess the Green Beret, that started when he first got the BB gun. That's what got him into that. But um, so so what you have here though is you, you get the crime and and, and there there it, it sort of it, it starts from the crime, and then we get flashbacks um, here and there. But it, you know it starts off with Carl Malden's character as the father-in-law vehemently defending his son-in-law when the the needle first starts pointing in in his direction uh, as, as the the culprit. Um, but we we kind of get the sense that you know that Gary Cole is not all right. Um, but in this early part of the film, it's only like snippets because he really isn't Gary Cole. Like I said, he's really Ralphie from A Christmas Story. But at the hour and a half mark, when we move into the second part of this film, he becomes full-on Gary Cole. Uh, the hair is grown out a little bit, so you know he is definitely the boss on Office Office Space. Um, you get the sense that he might be reading for the part of Mike Brady, but yeah, he's not very nice either. I mean, he has that that Gary Cole sensibility to him and and it fits this character so well i mean as as this killer um that you know just won't admit that you know obviously he's not going to admit that he killed but also it is really certain he's going to get away with it and sees no problem 
um, with what he's done. Sees nothing wrong that, that he's killed his family and sees that as he should be able to get away with it. Um, and, and once that transition occurs uh, and he becomes fully Gary Cole, uh, the film, it, for me, takes on another level. Um, and, of course, at that part, that's, that's when we get Andy Griffith in the film. Um, he works really well. Uh, Mitchell Ryan is in the film as well. And I'm not sure if you know him as a character actor. He plays the, the coroner, um, the forensic guy who uses all of the evidence. And there's one scene where he's in the room with Malden and Griffith. And the three of them together, it just exudes really great, like, you know, elder statesman 80s, 80s power you know i just really love seeing the three of those guys in the room together like that um you know you get a lot of moments like that and i think there's something about all of that that you just you, you would never see in a tv movie today i i was trying to think of the last really good tv movie that i saw um and and you know it this this one here i think you can find it on vhs but like i said we found it on youtube somebody uploaded the whole thing um and it was kind of cool the way they did it um they uploaded it uh with this little intro part that, that made it look like it was like a movie of the week kind of intro um, from that time period. So it, was, it, it really kind of brought me back the whole way. And, and, and I think for, for Janet did the same. Um, and so, so that was part of it that we really enjoyed. Um, but, you know, it, it's always fun to watch these. And, and now, of course, you know, in the 80s, we would just say, oh, he's that guy. Or, oh, who's that guy? Was he in that episode of, of Magnum? Or was he in that, you know, that episode of Columbo? We don't, we don't always know who these guys are. Now we've got IMDb, so we're, like, going through it. Of course, like, half of them don't have pictures or, you know, some of their pictures are, are, are today, you know, 30 years later. So they look a lot older. We don't recognize them. Um, it, it's a lot of fun to be able to watch a film like this and do that with it. Um, so, you know, you know, that's another part of it. And of course, you know, being able to get it on YouTube, um, what we did is we hooked it up to um, uh, the TV in the living room. We just hooked uh, Jen's uh, laptop up to the, the TV just using the regular PC, you know, monitor cable. Um, now, now, one problem that you get with that is that, you know, on a, a, a full screen, you know, flat screen TV, um, because you're, you're talking about VHS that's been... Um, you know, ripped to a computer and then uploaded. Uh, it, it, it does look a little smushed, a little pixelated. Um, it's not always clear. And so that can be tough on, on the eyes. I know for me, you know, three hours, this is a three-hour film. That part can be, you know, because it is a little cloudy. The film just looks cloudy, and there are parts where it looks cloudy, and then it comes into focus. You know, people, they, they come and go at times. Um, that part of it is, is a little bit tougher. You know, it's, it's one of those areas where, you know, seeing it on VHS, um, you know, would help out better. Um, though you never know if the VHS copy you had. I know in, in Jen's case, she said that her, her mom had taped it off a of TV. Um, she doesn't have that tape anymore, but um, they, they waited for it to come on again because they, they both enjoyed it so much when it aired the first time that, that she had it on VHS. Um, I know for me, I, I have tons of movies. You know, we, I think we all taped so many. Um, but, uh, you know, in her case, she said they, they used the, the, the low, the, the SP setting as opposed to the SLP, which is, uh, so it was on two tapes, and so they switched the tapes over, um, which is great. Now, of course, this YouTube one is all on one tape. It's all one thing. There's no, no uh, separation. Uh, occasionally, you'll see the tracking come through, which I know for some people, uh, nostalgists, uh, they, they love seeing that kind of thing, um, you know, which is cool. I mean, I kind of like that, too, but I think... Overall, it would be kind of would be would be nice to see more of these get released on uh, on DVD. You know, maybe like a set of them. Uh, I, I can think of a few others off the top of my head that I would really like. Um, there was uh, I think it was Murder in a Small Town, where Brian Dennehy plays John Wayne Gacy. Uh, still, for me, the scariest movie I've ever seen. Uh, I just, 
seeing him as John, I mean, that just, it, 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 you know how some people have this like fetish, or I don't say fetish, but a fascination with serial killers. Um, I had just the opposite after seeing that. I did not find serial killers to be that cool at all after seeing that film. I found them to be completely scary. Now, that might also have to do with the fact that I, when I was really young, Ted Bundy was executed. So I remember that was all over the news. But I, I think Dennehy did it for me. And so, I mean, that was another great one. And, you know, Dennehy was another great actor who did a lot of TV movies back then um, and, and could really bring it in those roles. Um, so, you know, those are definites for me. Like, I, I could think of a few others, but uh, those two right away. This one, you know, I, I hadn't really even heard of this one until Jen brought it up, but it, it's just fantastic, the, the cast that's in it and, and the production values. But again, it has its, its silly elements, its, its cheese elements. The music is, is funny uh, throughout. It's kind of just like a synthesizer. Um, you know, it, it sounds like an 80s, like, not, maybe not horror film, but more like, maybe like a, a 70s sci-fi film. You know, it's like these kind of sounds that, uh, you know, when, when bad things happen. Um, and then, of course, the end when, when Gary Cole, uh, you know, Jeffrey McDonald gets the verdict. Um, they kind of do like that thing where they just like, they instead of panning into his face, it's like, you know, different cuts where one cut, we, we just keep getting closer and closer to him. And of course, when we get to the very end, we get to see the makeup that was done to make bags under his eyes to make him older because he, he ages nine years. You know, I, I want to say he must have been in his, uh, in his, his 20s at that time, late 20s. I think he was 29 when he made the film, so he's younger. Um, you know, not not who not who we know now, right? The, the Gary Cole from from Office Space, and of course, as as Mike Brady, that we're familiar with now. But at that time, he was just, uh, you know, he he was younger and he was just starting out. Um, but you know, you know, I mean, you think about a Gary Cole, someone who's born in the '50s. Um, you know, a lot of that that would seem to be like the last decade where where you had really good character actors born who, um, you know, you you, you could you could really hang a film on like this that you could. You know, they would come in and do a really great job. Um, you know, now it, it seems to be like there's this idea that being a character actor is not, it's not good work, and so you don't see as many really great ones as you did back then. Uh, I mean, this film is chock full of great ones. You know, guys that you just go up and down the list that are just like, oh, they did that Matlock episode two years later, or they did that Magnum episode the year before, or uh, you know, they were on a Rockford episode in the '70s. Um, the, the, you know you can just spot them the whole time and, and every one of them turns in a really good performance a really professional performance um and then of course you have you have carl malden and eva marie saint who you know have been in some of the best films ever you know on the waterfront is it comes to mind right away um you know eva marie saint was in north by northwest carl malden um you know he, he did uh, uh streetcar named desire um you know the, the two of them did plenty of great ones. And, of course, Carl Malden was known for his American Express commercials at that time, too. Uh, so, you know, so he was he was out there making a buck. But, um, you know, the two of them are great. You know, Carl Malden's great as the obsessed father-in-law who realizes that he was backing the wrong horse, right? That, in fact, Gary Cole did kill his daughter and two granddaughters. Um, and so once he starts to realize that, now he turns tied. You know, and then Eva Marie Saint as the, the, the mother, right, who is no longer a mother or grandmother, right, because she's lost all of those, who is, really has nothing at this point, because at least Carl Malden has the obsession with trying to find, you know, to, to, to bag Gary Cole. So all she can do is bake, you know, and that, and she, but she, you know, she's, she's trying to find a sense of normalcy. She's like, well, how, you know, are we going to move on at some point? 
But then she realizes, well, no, if we if we know who the killer is, you know, we can go for it. And and so you, you get that interplay from between the two of them, and they, they really do a great job with it. And again, it's just it's really professional that and, and it, I think it, it helps us as the as the people watching it that we can have fun with this film. It's not the greatest thing ever. But if we know the actors are trying, if we know the people who made it didn't want it to look cheap, um, you know, there, there are definitely a lot of anachronisms in it. Um, there are a lot of uh, Gary Cole, a lot of times for 1976, looks a lot more like 1984. Uh, I, I can think of a few polos that he was wearing that, that my mom purchased for me, that uh, there are pictures of me in, in kindergarten wearing the same polo. Um, so, you know, and Jen, Jen picked up on a few things herself. She's like, oh, I think I remember that shirt in the 80s as well. Um, you know, but she also picked up on a lot of like uh, design features that, that I even couldn't pick up on. Like this this living room looks very 80s, you know, not 70s at all. Uh, so you you, know, you see a lot of those things in it. But you know, when the rest of it is 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 good, you know, when the rest of it is 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 you know um, is professional and it's competent, um, you can have fun with the other parts and not feel like you're you're not riveted you're not tuned into this and and I think that was the most important thing for the two of us you know for me um, you know and I think she knew I think Jen knew I was going to like this one um, because of the, the names that were in it but you know also I think there is something about that that 80s uh, 70s and 80s made for TV movie that um, you know I think back then it wasn't you know made for TV was not an epithet right it wasn't uh, it wasn't a horrible thing to, to label something made for TV, whereas now we hear made for TV, and you know, again, we think the land of misfit actors, right? Where we think of uh, we think of Hallmark Channel Christmas in July, right? Or um, you know, whatever Lifetime Movie Network has on. Which those movies are fun too, right? They they we we enjoy them too. I I love Mother May I Sleep with Danger, um, but you know, it I think it's 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 made the whole thing a little crasser. Than it was back then. You know, these films back then were not crass. They were, they were, they were higher quality, um, and and they were on, on some ways they were appointment viewing. Um, I think you know the, a movie like this would you know would have been appointment viewing with the names involved, Carl uh, Malden, Andy Griffith. Um, you know, you would have you would have set aside the time to watch this right right when it happened. Um, again, of course, there was no Netflix back then. There was no. Um, no Hulu, no no Amazon. So you know, for for Jen and and her mother, you know, you watch it the first time and you really enjoy it. But you can't just watch it again. You've got to uh, you've got to record it. And if you're the person who missed it and everybody else is talking about it and you missed it, you can't just go home and pull it up on Netflix. You've got to wait for it to come around again to see it. Um, so it's a different vibe, you know. And of course now, again, you know, we've got this instant access. We can just pull it up on YouTube and watch it, which is great for us too. Um, but it's nice to watch something like this and get taken back to that time when there was appointment viewing, uh, when there wasn't on demand, when there wasn't Netflix, um, and, and, and how a movie did, it, it had to have more to it. Um, because, you know, it, you know, there wasn't, I don't know, there, you, you couldn't do a Sharknado thing and, and, and get like some sort of Twitter buzz, right? There, there wasn't that. Um, and, and, you know, for, for the sci-fi channel, when they do something crass like Sharknado and they get the Twitter buzz, they know they're going to have replays because what else is sci-fi going to show? They're going to show reruns of Battlestar Galactica or show that, that reality show where people make up each other's faces. You know, they're going to show more monster movies that they have, more, you know, mega octopus, you know, whatever the asylum give, gave them. You know, of course, they've got plenty of time to replay Sharknado four or five more times over the next few weeks. Um, so people, after the initial buzz, they can go and catch it again. Uh, also, people DVR these things, right? Um, you know, you, I'm not, not that you couldn't tape something 
back then either. But um, you know, if you didn't know going into it that it was going to be good, um, then that was it. You missed it if, if everybody else watched it. So um, you know, all of that really played into it. And I think that's another reason why they were higher quality um, because you know, because you, 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 you know, if there were only a few competitors out there, um, you needed to have the one that, that did it, um, and and you needed to uh, to capture that audience that first time because you only had one shot at it, at getting everybody in that first time. Uh, now there is the secondary market. There is this this ability to uh, have people pick it up on Netflix and and you know watch it on demand. Um, you know, or DVR it, and and so I think that's that's another part of these that that makes them higher qualities that they had to be more so back then than than they do today. Um, they couldn't get away with that. So, so I you know I think these these kind of films. This is one that I would definitely recommend. Um, now again, it is three hours, but you know if you've got um, you know for us it's a very simple thing. We just have the laptop, and um, with our um, you know our flat screen, we have a very simple flat screen. We just bought it a couple of years ago. But um, we can just you know, use the monitor cable and hook the monitor directly up to the, the, um, the TV. And then you have the speakers. You have to hook up speakers to your computer to play it. But that's a very simple one. I know people have even more complicated hookups where they use HDMI cables. Um, so if you've got that ability, you, you know, chances are you're probably, you're probably more tech savvy than I am. So chances are you probably know better how to do this than, than Jen and I do. We just uh, have a very simple setup where we just uh, un, you know, hook everything up and uh, you know, watch it as best we can but it works for us and and we get the full satisfaction out of it so um you know you can find this one on youtube just type in fatal vision you know you maybe you want to add gary cole's name or call malden's name to it um, but it's right there it's three hours all in one part it's all one video so you don't have to uh to cut it up um you know one of the, the luxuries that you have um you know of course when you first watched it you had to do it over two nights and you had commercials but uh, here, all you got to do is hit the space bar and pause it, and you can hit the can, do whatever you've got to do. Um, so you don't have to take all the three hours in at once. Um, but Jen and I did today. We watched the whole thing, and it, and it wasn't too bad. It was it was didn't feel like a lot. You, you it, it it works because you have so many actors that are great. Uh, the story is compelling. Um, it it is you know it's one of those true crime stories that works. Um, and, and so all of that together makes this a fun watch. So it's definitely worth checking out. Um, and I, I would definitely go, go looking for this one on YouTube, uh, Fatal Vision. Right. So before I wrap up here, you know, um, of course, Jamie, unfortunately, isn't here tonight to uh, tell us what she's got going on. Um, but for me, um, I did finally get a blog post up last week, Legendary, uh, with Scott Atkins and Dolph Lundgren. Uh, maybe uh, I, I think I had it as perhaps the biggest sautéed in wrong sauce fest ever. Um, it is as sautéed in wrong sauce as a, a film we've ever done uh, at the DTVC. Um, also, the podcast that Jamie and I did, I don't remember what number episode it is off the top of my head, but if you go to the archive page, um, so if you go to mattmovieguy.com, the DTVC archive page is right there, and you can get um, and any of them that you need, um, including that one, Legendary. So you can listen to what Jamie and I thought about it and then also check out the blog. Um, also, the blog post has the link to the podcast. You can just right-click on on that, uh, I think it's, it'll say here, right click here and click save link as and you can get it right from the blog post. Um, as far as me keeping up this momentum, um, I'd like to. Um, Jamie and I, we, we had that streak of about four or five good films in a row there. Um, and in that streak and even just before it, there's been some really great films that we've watched recently. Uh, Wolf Cop comes to mind, Zombievers was a really fantastic one. Um, films that I would really like to get the word out on. 
Um, so the films that really deserve a review. Um, so hopefully I can keep at it, keep working on those, and uh, and keep generating new content for the blog as well. But even then, um, you know, we're still going to keep the podcast going. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll keep going with those and uh, keep episodes coming for you. So thank you all for listening, and I, I hope you have a great night and a great week, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right, goodbye, everyone. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.